From the protectors of the Internet, the Wisconsin Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, it's the PKO Podcast with Carl and Dana. Welcome to the PKO Podcast, sponsored by the Wisconsin Department of Justice, Division of Criminal Investigation, Wisconsin ICAC Task Force. I'm Carl. I'm Dana, and we are Protecting Kids Online. And our website? Uh, ProtectKidsOnlineWI.gov. If you have any suggestions for topics for the podcast or any questions that you want submitted for us to discuss, you can submit those there at ProtectKidsOnlineWI.gov. And in studio with us today is an investigator with the Wisconsin ICAC Task Force, Chad. Welcome, Chad. Thank you. Appreciate to be on the show. Today we're going to talk about Chad's experiences. Chad's a a pretty darn good interviewer, and uh, he's gained a lot of experience through interviewing sexual predators and child exploitation cases, and he's here to kind of share with everyone his experiences with those interviews and how uh, what he's learned and and through these interviews, uh, it kind of gets into the psyche of the child exploiter and uh, the suspects that we uh, run into and exactly what they're thinking and how you can try to avoid having your kids fall into these traps by trying to kind of figure out what these guys are thinking, what they're trying to do and, um, you know, kind of taking that one step ahead of them, so to speak. We're going to try to give you some advice into that. And uh, also, uh, you know, give you the information on uh, NECMEC and uh, kind of the typical stuff that we do with our podcast. So we've got a fun-filled day with Chad here. Well, I guess I want to start out, you know, I've done internet safety presentations for a long time. And I think that one of the really common themes that, that you're always told to start out with to, to get children to understand is the idea that um, an online predator doesn't look any specific certain way. It's not going to be any specific type of person or that sort of thing. So I guess I want to start out and talk about, do you see a typical um, online predator, personality, whatever it might be? Well, I think first and foremost, uh, in the online context, the quote-unquote predator is the direct opposite from the child's perspective of what the reality is. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, you'll have a person that is portraying himself to be... um, appealing, whether that be in age, whether that be gender, wealth, um, talented in sports, whatever that is to cater to the audience of their target. Um, Oftentimes it's more aged, uh, gauged, meaning you will have a significantly older person portraying themselves to be younger, if in fact they are um, into younger people and to try to lure them into the wheelhouse of what that person is thinking or desiring as to to fit the, the needs to begin the grooming process. So can you talk about the grooming process? You're kind of talking about what, uh, you know, they're looking for, what, you know, the, the child is into and that type of stuff. Can you kind of divulge a little bit more into that? I think one of the first things that they're looking for is the ability to identify a weakness within that child's makeup, their life, vulnerability. Um, some of it can be as simple as starting out with the likes and dislikes of the child, whether it be colors, uh, activities, school, um, endeavors, they're kind of profiling their people much like what, you know, law enforcement doesn't necessarily profile people. However, we have to have a way of sorting through to best focus our efforts because our resources are limited. And with our our uh, online predators, that's the same thing that they are doing in who they are targeting. They are looking for those things, the vulnerabilities of their targets, 
and to pounce upon those vulnerabilities to show that those folks, these these our, our youth, can confide in them, they can trust in them, and maybe do or share things with them that they otherwise wouldn't feel comfortable with with their peers uh, and specifically with their parents. That's a really good point. Um, the idea of, of, of looking for vulnerabilities in, in the kids online. We talk a lot about that when we go out and talk to kids about internet safety and the idea that that vulnerability doesn't necessarily have to be what we automatically jump to in our mind. It could be something like um, a status post saying like, oh, I'm so mad at my parents right now. Or, uh, you know, I'm bummed I can't be at the beach or whatever it might be that provides an opening for like, I understand. I get it. Let's connect on this. That sort of thing. Right. Correct. Our, our predators are masters of manipulation. They are people that they can pick out um, what these these vulnerabilities are of our youth. And once they identify what they are, they seize upon every opportunity. And an example I can give of that is um, much like adults, uh, and specifically with people with type A personalities, uh, we, as as a general public, have the need or we yearn to be needed, the need to be needed. And that is no different. It's human nature. And our, our, our kids, our youth, they have that as well. If they are not getting the attention that they desire, whether it be from peers, from teachers, from family, girlfriends or boyfriends, they will seek that through other means. And attention is a big deal. These online predators will, they know that, and they will provide that attention to whatever degree they see fit to get to their their goal um, of exploiting them if that's what, what they're after. With your experiences as an investigator in, the, in this grooming process and everything, uh, kind of like a demographic, how do you see the child coming to it? Are you seeing... You know, high-income children falling into this, middle-income children, or they like low-income children where parents don't have the means to provide for their children like, uh, you know, middle-class or upper-class do, or is it kind of spectrum across the board? I really believe it uh, It, it varies. My my opinion on that is is the, the time, unsupervised time that where essentially our kids are given a little bit too much leniency and unsupervised um, internet activity at inappropriate hours, such as sleeping with their phone, uh, things of that nature. The hands-off parents, that's where the danger zone is. I I, I can't exactly attribute it to a a financial status to a family, Um, and that could be argued both ways. If you have someone that is of, of higher earnings, you know, does that mean that the parents are away from home more, which potentially could be problematic on top of having monies to provide higher end equipment um, to have devices accessible to the kids, which can be equally problematic or on the other side of the coin, if you have low income families, um, you know, I, I just don't see a financial direct tie to it. It's more of a parental oversight more so the lack thereof that seems to be a I common I think that's a really here. good point. Um, we talk a lot about being aware of the apps our kids are using and what they're using them for and what those apps are capable of. But, you know, we can back off even further and say, here's a general plan. Put the phones on the kitchen counter before you go to bed, right? And that way we take that whole um, uh, 
possibility, I guess, um, of the child using that phone in their bedroom at nighttime out of the mix. Right. And, and especially dinner table, nighttime, you know, if the parents are, are going to some sort of class or going out for a walk or something and the kids want to stay at home, you know, make sure that they are limiting their online activity. Uh, you know, a rule in our house is no electronics when mom and dad are gone. So it's, uh, you know, a rule that they could follow too. If they want to watch TV, that's the only electronic that's allowed. No PlayStation or Xbox or iPads or telephones or, you know, cell phone or anything. Um, unless it's to make a call, of course, but uh, no browsing the internet, I guess, when mom and dad are not home. And, and that's, uh, you know, something that I think so far has worked, but, you know, my kids are just beginning this whole stage. So uh, I'll stay tuned for that one. But when, uh, through your experiences, Chad, what what could parents take away from these interviews that you've had with these guys? And I say guys because it's probably 99.8%, probably even 99.9.9% um, men that are doing this. Um, you know, how could a parent provide or, or stop or help to stop, I guess, um, any sort of... Uh, activity like this or what, what advice would you have i guess well let's face it we, we have to allow our kids to be kids we have to allow a certain level of leniency um to slowly integrate responsibilities uh, through good behavior and, and oversight from from us as parents we cannot completely shut them out to social media to the internet um and unfortunately, completely close them off to potential for these activities, for exploitation. However, knowledge is power. Being aware is half the battle. There is nothing wrong with you know allowing your, your child to take part in social media, to interact with friends and so forth on those platforms. But as parents, um, let's keep that within reason. Let's monitor these activities. Let's have an agreement with our kids, age appropriate, um, to allow them to earn that responsibility over time. And and you can use that as a great uh, segue into leading into other endeavors into their adolescent years um, to things such as, you know, using the vehicle or going out on a movie date or something along those lines, um, as opposed to saying, well, no way, no how, we're just going to shut this right down. That's the only way we can prevent it. Uh, that is not the answer, in my opinion. And frankly, if you do that, they're probably going to expose themselves in another way, which may be more detrimental uh, impact on their on their life um, as a backlash. But if you take the right approach, uh, such as what Carl mentioned, you know, to the certain rules of the household to to monitor these activities. You know, if you're going to have them have a smartphone as a parent, there's nothing wrong with going through that uh, unannounced. And allow their good behavior, allow their um, uh, the pattern of what they are displaying to you, allow that sh- kind of streamline and, and guide where you go with what you're going to allow them to do until you can understand that, you know, the maturity is, is following suit with the circumstances to, to best put your, your child at in a position to succeed in life. Yeah, and that's a good point, too. You might think your child has a maturity to handle this, but when you have the fingertips of the World Wide Web and any sort of website available, curiosity gets the cat once in a while, and, and all they have to do is type in one search word, and they're going to open up a Pandora's box to possibilities of 
you know, any sort of child exploitation activity. So, um, that's, that's a big thing just because you think your child is mature that you have to slowly introduce them into this type of lifestyle. And, and, you know, Joey down the street might be doing this or that, but you know, is your child capable of handling that, uh, emotionally and, or, um, I guess physically they could, but, um, you know, emotionally to see it really, you know, where are they at? What, what, what are they looking up? What, what, what avenues are they going down? You know, and do you need to block that road? So that's a good point as to, you know, you might know your child, but when you put the power of the World Wide Web into their hands, what are they going to get into? And on, on the topic of, you know, slowly integrating these things over time, um, the saying I was always told uh, very young was, if you hang around a barbershop long enough, you're going to get your hair cut. And there's a lot of truth to that. Being aware as a parent, and this doesn't mean you need scientific knowledge or specialized training or degrees or whatnot. This is, you know, the, the hair on the back of your neck, so to speak, that stands up or the flag that something's not quite right here, whether that be with the peer group, um, uh, certain family situations that come along that could make your child more vulnerable. And you may not know it, but these are these are some common things, whether it be uh, struggling in school, whether it be um, a, a weight issue. If you have a, a, say a young teenage girl and maybe she, she struggles with her weight, that's a, that's something that needs to be monitored. That's a vulnerability that will be uh, targeted. And, and quite frankly, that comprises of a lot of our, our victims is when you have, especially a, a physical setback, um, not being liked by boys or not being liked by girls. Um, the things that would disturb or cause issues in an adult life are triple of that of our, our adolescent public and because our, our our youth lacks the life experiences, they deal and process with those issues much differently. Thus, they are more exposed to having these setbacks. And these people online, they are out there 24-7. And whenever those setbacks happen, they are there and they are waiting. And we as uh, the, the the responsible adults, as the parents, as as the the, the policing force looking out for the betterment of our, our communities, we need to try to educate and be on board to recognize these things to try to cut it off at the roots, so to speak, uh, to prevent a, a potentially disastrous situation. And the more we're having these conversations with our kids, the more likely we are going to be the ones they come to if they do come across that information that makes them feel uncomfortable or that inappropriate information that we know shouldn't be online. And that's what we want. We want them coming to us when they have these concerns or when they do get into one of these conversations. So, so if a parent comes across something uh, on a child's phone, what do they do? You can always report through the website. There's a report abuse button on apps and websites. You can also report a cyber tip at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children at Missing kids.org. Okay, thanks Chad for swinging in today and kind of giving us your insight. That's it was good stuff. Really good information. Very good stuff. Thank you for the much for having me. It was an honor. No problem. And uh, Dana? Uh, if you have questions that you'd like to submit for the podcast or if you have apps that you'd like to hear more about, you can submit those at protectkidsonlinewi.gov. Join us next time and stay safe.